Welcome back to ADHD Money Talk, the show that helps dynamic but distracted ADHD brains take back control over their money in order to stress less, live a more enriching life, and open up new and amazing and fantastic and awesome possibilities. And I am your humble and very ADHD host, Dave DeWitt. And guys, are you excited for some more life-changing stuff for me tonight? I know it's going to be so life-changing. For real, I'm joking when I say that, but I do hope that the valuable time you're taking to listen to this is worth it for you. And I'm going to keep trying my absolute best to bring out good content that you do appreciate. So today we're going to talk about how to make more money. So far in the show, we've talked about figuring out your why and your goals. And since that was a while ago, at this point, maybe you forgot. So I'm reminding you right now. We also talked about how to do your ADHD friendly budget, which is so important. And which if you do, you'll really build some momentum. And we've talked about why it's important that one of the first things you do after that is to have your one months of expenses of emergency fund or a life happens fund, as I like to call it, because life happens. There's always that one bill you keep forgetting to pay. There's that parking ticket or there's that random, weird, mysterious doctor's bill that comes in the mail. When life happens, it's nice to have some money to pay for it. So that's why you have that. And then you're ready to pay off your debt. So you do your nice little snowball method like like we talked about last week, and then you're good to go. And it's all great, right? It's so perfect. So good, so good, so good. But one issue you might run into is that you want a whole lot out of your life now, and you're realizing that you can't really afford to save for it all. So you're like, God, I need to make more money. I want more money so I can save faster. I'm actually having fun saving and budgeting. So let's just make more. More money will fix everything. And more money can fix a lot of these things. You want to send your kid to college. You want to buy a house. You want to go on a super awesome vacation every year. These are fun things that can happen for you, but they cost a lot of money. And even if you're saving and budgeting and you're, you know, you're not eating out anymore and you're, you're depriving yourself of the little things that you really do still like, then maybe you could consider making more money. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So we're going to talk about literally making more money on the side and some other interesting, fun little things that I found there are some interesting ideas. And then next week, we're going to talk about plugging leaky budgets, which is really, really important. But we're going to have some fun and talk about making more money. And before we do that, though, I'm going to talk quickly about an article from Attitude that totally hit home for me about craving relationship drama. And wow, this was just like, holy crap, I do this. So I hope you enjoy that quick segment. And I'll wrap up as usual with a listener question on how to pick a credit card for a beginner. So let's cue the music and dance our way into some fun stuff. All right, my fellow people, we're going to talk about this article I saw from 2018. Actually, this is not the relationship drama article. This is really quick. I want to talk about this. A 2018 small study that was testing creative differences between adults with ADHD and adults without ADHD. And basically the experiment was to have the participants draw alien fruit, like fruit from a different planet that had characteristics that were completely unlike fruit from our own planet. So how could you draw a thing that is obviously fruit, but also obviously not fruit? So yeah, I love this study because it's like a mini blind study where there's very little, at least on the surface, room for tampering or subjectivity because the judges I have no idea whether the images were being drawn by the adhd or not. And sure enough, the ADHD group was judged to be more creative, rated as more original and containing more atypical features. And on the article, there's an image of the fruit. And it's, to me, it's obviously clear that the ADHD art is more creative. So it's really interesting. 
Uh, the lead researcher, Holly White, said, this is evidence of the ADHDers' greater conceptual expansion, a process whereby traditional conceptual boundaries are extended. So like, that's really cool, right? And I always knew this to be true deep down. It's kind of like why comedians are funny. Normal people are looking at everything inside the bubble the same vantage. And then comedians are like outside of the bubble looking inside and just seeing it from a different kind of vantage point. And that's kind of how I feel about ADHD. Hopefully I'll remember to uh, put the link for that in the show notes so you can check it out. Anyways, what I really wanted to talk about was this article from Attitude Magazine. Sometimes you read something and you're just like, oh my God, that explains me. And I've been having that moment a lot over the past year or so, but yeah, ADHD explains yet another thing. Doesn't excuse it, but explains it. So this article from Dr. Daniel Amen, 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 I don't know, who I see on Instagram a bit. He is quite a big following, but the article is titled Why We Crave the Drama That Sabotages Relationships. So the article starts out with, many people with attention deficit disorder unnecessarily create too much drama in their lives as a way to boost adrenaline and stimulate their frontal lobes. All right, what? Okay, so like, I want drama to be happier or to be sadder or I want to be sadder or more stressed out. I don't know. But anyways, how many of you guys like me are like that? You love the drama, but you also know you hate the drama. You think the drama is terrible. You wish the drama could go away, but you still just do the drama. That's kind of where I feel. I land some of the times, and by some of the times, I mean all the times. So the article continues that these interpersonal games are not engaged in willingly. They are driven by the needs of the ADHD brain. What an interesting sentence. Not engaging in it willingly, driven by the needs of the ADHD brain. So the ADHD brain needs this, and I'm not doing it on purpose. So yeah, trying to explain that I'm not purposefully being purposely annoying is a difficult job. So here are the common self-sabotaging games we like to play. The need to always have a problem. We might pick on our loved ones for no other purpose than to get a rise out of them and scratch that itch our brain needs, stimulation. I relate to this so, so hard. I totally get it. If there's nothing exciting going on, there is this invisible urge to do something, to ruffle some feathers wherever I can find feathers to ruffle and create that moment of anger or frustration or drama is like a quick, albeit totally unhealthy fix. I can remember sort of doing this growing up with my little sister, though to be fair, I had two older siblings and I was always caught in the middle, but boy, did I annoy the crap out of her for, it's like, it's like sick enjoyment for just like annoying someone, but like you just do it. And <laughs> it's kind of funny that I'm even saying this, but yeah, I just, I'm being honest with you guys. I, I, yeah, I relate so hard. Another one I relate to uh, in the article is, oh gosh, being brutally honest. I find that being bluntly honest goes over way better, by the way, with an ADHD person and neurodivergent brains which is one of the reasons why I love talking and helping other ADHDers because I always feel so comfortable talking with you. And if I say something blunt, I feel like there's a great chance you either agree with me, if we laugh it off or whatever. But with neurotypicals, and I'm lumping them all together here, but you know what I mean. Sometimes you just have to be so tactful, even though your brutal honesty comes from what you think is a good place. You just have to be so, so careful about what you say. But the name, brutally honest, I mean, it's brutally honest. So is it ever really a good thing? I don't know. It's That's one to think about. And boy, here's another fun one that I have certainly been guilty of is 
always taking the opposite side of an argument, whether you believe it or not. So one way I've seen this come up in me and in some people that I know is in always defending the defenseless. And I do this all the time, even though I know this person is most likely completely guilty and completely out of line. They're not in the room. And if I just agree, there's no fun in that. There's no argument. There's no discussion. So I just defend the defenseless. Like maybe there's a news report of some evildoer doing evil things that's so evil and he's definitely guilty. I'm likely to be the one making up some reason he's innocent just to create some tension and a good old-fashioned fun argument. And then the last one I found interesting in this article is more like um, inviting drama to yourself. It's just focusing on negatives. Like if 10 good things happen and one negative thing happens, we're going to be thinking about the negative thing all day long. Evidently, negative thoughts have a stimulating effect on the brain while positive thoughts cool off the brain. So if our brains are dopamine, excitement-seeking ADHD brains are drawn to simulation and thus drawn to negative thoughts, it's kind of a weird, sadistic way. It is satisfying to be negative, right? So just another challenge for us to fight every day. So yeah, those are the things I found most interesting and relatable in this article, and I hope that was interesting for you. Alrighty, let's move on to the main topic of the day, and that is making more money. The first way to make more money is not by making more money at all, but by plugging leaky budgets. You might think you have a lean budget, but perhaps there are some things in there that are costing you more than is necessary. And if you're able to wring out a couple hundred bucks every month by plugging leaks, then there's really no practical difference between that and making more. So if anything, it's better because you're definitely not going to be slapped into a higher tax bracket. So, but that's what we're going to talk about next week. Today, it's all about making more money, literally making more money. And I have some ideas for you. And so without further ado, let's talk about it. Now, the first way to actually increase your income is to do you. What do you love doing? Is there any possible way to make money doing what you really love to do? If you are able to find someone who will pay you to do what you are good at and like doing, you are set. So this is for someone who maybe is in their nine to five, but you have some side hustle passion that you could start incubating. If you can make money off doing something that you already like to hyper-focus on the side, That's a template for a more fulfilling life, if you ask me. And I'm not asking you to quit your nine to five yet, but why not start a side project? If you're in the nine to five that is lifeless and soul-sucking or just not doing it for you, developing some skills on the side can help in so many ways. So spend a few hours a week developing some new skills or a new skill that you are passionate about or interested in that could become your passion. A creative outlet like this could be fun and healthy and open up all these kinds of new possibilities for you as well. I legitimately thought I was going to start teaching golf on the side at one point. As you know, I was pretty obsessed with golf um, and trying to get good at it. So that's an example of how I almost turned my side passion into a side hustle. I learned so much about golf. In fact, I could probably give an effective lesson to a beginner right now, but I don't know if I could convince anyone to pay me because I never actually really got that good. But anyways, starting a business these days is easy and inexpensive, and you don't need to be a some macho business person to do it. All you need is an idea and I don't know, like some deep intrinsic motivation would definitely help. If it's tied to your passion, hobby or whatever, you already have half that battle won. So just start working on something. 
I'm willing to bet a lot of you guys have had some amazing ideas that you've shrugged off in the past that maybe you could revisit and bring back. Maybe you take some small steps towards it. Maybe you register an LLC, come up with a name. When the inspiration strikes you, just go for it. You never know where it might lead you. I can tell you as an entrepreneur myself, I think it's one of the best things for ADHD minds because it's a little chaotic. There's so much to think about. There's so much to do. It's so stimulating and it's so exciting. It's also very stressful at times, but I don't know. For me, at least, you know, I kind of thrive in that environment and I really couldn't see it being any other way. So if you have a passion, there's something you do that sparks a ton of joy in you and you see even a narrow path to being able to do it and to leverage it into making money and you have the time, which is important, make sure you have the time, then do it. Here's a few things to think about. Don't overthink it. I know that's really hard to do, but I'm going to tell you, don't overthink it. You don't really need to reinvent the wheel either to start a new business. When you first start, you'll be exploring and learning and absorbing as much as you can about the field you're looking to get into. And as you go along, things will start coming to you about ways you can improve upon what your competition is doing. And you'll totally come up with new ways to make it uniquely yours and make it a unique business because you are unique and you are awesome and creative. You don't need to have all the answers from the outset. Thinking you do will make it overwhelming and you just won't get anywhere, let's be real. And don't pour money into your side business, please. This is not about coming up with a business that's gonna change the entire world and you're gonna make billions of dollars. No, this is just to make extra money. So at first, just put in a little tiny, tiny bit of money, patch it together and build it slowly as you go. Just dip your toes in the water. It's not until you really prove your concept and your business's viability that you should feel comfortable spending real money into your idea. And you also want to make sure you actually like it. And you, and you know, once you get somewhere down the line with it, you realize you really do want to do it and that you think you'll be able to do it. So at first, do all of the work when you have the time. Don't be hiring people. Don't spend a ton of money naturally and slowly. So when you first have your idea and you really want to move forward, you'll want to map out just a few things like, what the product is going to be, how you're going to get new clients or customers, who is your competition, what's your mission statement, what's your value statement. Now, I'm going to stop right here, but my hope is that if you do go this route, there will come a point where you become so passionate about what you are building for yourself that you just feel deep in your bones that this is what you actually want to do. Because at that point, you certainly don't need my help. You're just going to do it and you'll be on a roll and crush it. All right, let's move on. And now I'm going to start running through them quicker. I stuck on that one because I think that's awesome. I think it's great. If you do your own side business, you're going to put your heart and soul into it and you'll be building something that's your own. And I think ADHD people, a lot of us are just born to be entrepreneurs. So really consider that. So still in the same vein, and depending on what your skills and passions are, you could also maybe like sell some stuff on Etsy, sell your crafts and wares and such. If you're really artsy and craftsy, It's a great platform. Etsy is a great place to sell really cool items. Okay, and then there are sites like Fiverr and Upwork for freelance work. I love these sites and I'm a frequent user of them. So if there's something you're good at, like graphic design, editing audio, making videos, social media, marketing, writing, my gosh, like you name it, you can put your services up there. I don't know how long it might take you to get a job on there, but why not throw some stuff out there into the universe and see what happens? So go to Fiverr website and just look at all the categories and see if you see anything in there that could potentially work for you. Now, like I feel like what you could do is like you go on there, you could 
offer, your service, and really undercut on pricing, get a few initial clients, do a really good job for them, get some reviews, and then raise your price, and then just see what happens. I just think that's really cool. I've even considered you know, wanting to do something. I just don't have the time or bandwidth right for it right now, but it's really cool. And that's Fiverr and Upwork. Another idea is to sell your photography and art. So on a site like Fine Art of America, 500 Pixels, Smug Mug, Photo Shelter, you can sell your art. It's super easy to do. If you have a lot of art or a lot of beautiful pictures on your phone, then perhaps you're already well on your way. You can just like upload them and then people might buy it. On an app like FOAP, which is like F-O-A-P, you can upload your pictures and videos and earn cash when people use them. So who knows? I mean, it might take you a couple hours tops to set it up, but then who knows? Maybe you'll make it big in this world and you're going to have a viral picture. I don't know. Maybe you just make like 20 extra bucks a month. Maybe you could patch some of these things I'm talking about together and somehow scrounge up an extra 150, 200, 300 bucks a month. You know, this is what kind of what I'm talking about here. And then if you really like photography, maybe you could try doing real photography on the side, do some family birthdays, maybe try and do a wedding or two. Yeah, you can make a lot of money doing that. Here's another idea to make more money. This one's really, really fun. Ask for a raise. What's the worst that can happen? Okay, then there's pet sitting, dog walking, babysitting. These are pretty straightforward, right? For dog walking and pet sitting, I know of WAG and Rover are great options. They should make it really easy to get set up and running. And care.com is the big one for childcare. Put some stuff out there into the universe. Now, as I'm reading through this, you're going to have to have some humility for this one. But how about advertising on your car? And I mean like wrapping your car with a huge ad. Go to Rapify.com and just look at this. It's so good. Just by wrapping your car with a big ad, you can just do your normal life. You know, this is completely passive income. You don't change anything. As long as you probably have like a decently long commute, you could probably make a few hundred extra bucks a month. The website video is funny, suggesting how sitting in traffic is now literally paying you. I love that. What do you think? Would you guys actually do that? I think I might actually do it. You know, maybe I will. Should I do it? Maybe if I have enough listeners reach out to me and tell me to do it, I'll do it and I'll show you. I'm going to be a driving like Pepsi or Coke or Petco mobile. I don't even know. There's, look at the website. It's so funny. All right. So this making more money list wouldn't be complete without delivery. So you could deliver pizza, deliver groceries, deliver food, Instacart, GoPuff, Grubhub, DoorDash, your local pizza shop. I kind of like this idea if you love audiobooks or maybe if you want to start a new business but want to learn about it first, get a delivery job for six months and just listen to every podcast and every resource you can find on on your next business. Just do that for six months, make some extra money, learn, get creative, guys. This is what it's all about. Of course, you could also like drive for Uber. Not really for me, but if you really, really enjoy talking to total strangers, then maybe that could be fun for you. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. I'm just really trying to get maybe your brain going if you want to make some more money. You could do a blog, affiliate marketing, take surveys, do focus groups, find stuff around your house to sell, sell your kids clothes, Airbnb your room, rent out your car, do tutoring. The list goes on and on and on. For me, the thought of getting some extra cash on the side with a side hustle, especially one if it's my own business or my own idea, I think it sounds exciting. It is exciting. So if you really are committed to bettering your financial future, And I know it's hard to think past like three days ahead, but if you really want the better future and making more money you think will really help you get there, then I don't know, consider it. So if you want to make more money, get out there and make some more money. And now 
let us go on to a listener question. All right, so this question is from Kyleen. She says, so I've stopped myself from impulsively signing up for the credit cards recommended by Credit Karma. I've looked at so many lists of the best cards, listened to Stacking Benjamins and Afford Anything. I've heard them talk about it and I'm still lost. I've avoided credit cards until now at age 27 because I've heard they're a slippery slope and I'm prone to this. But now I'm totally lost trying to pick one. I want to start earning rewards for purchases I would be making anyways, but I don't understand the reward systems. I think travel rewards sound nice, but I haven't traveled much in the past. I don't understand the point or cashback systems, and and I don't even know where to start and what I'm looking for. Do you have any advice on the best cards for people with ADHD for beginners, but a good card to keep indefinitely, or even just what I should be looking for and focusing on when I compare different cards? Hi, Kylene. Thanks so much for the question. First of all, you're an ADHD who has resisted credit cards up until age 27. That's quite an accomplishment in and of itself. So great job on that. So you're right to be wary of the slippery slope because it is a very slippery slope indeed. From what I can tell, though, it sounds like you have a good approach. But once you have the power, it can be very tempting. So regarding travel, it can be a bit more complicated. And then when you do travel, remember, you're going to have a lot of additional expenses that come with that which might not be realistic for you at this time. I'm not, I don't really know your situation besides what you've told me, so I'm not sure. But yeah, traveling for free sounds nice, but then like, what do you do when you get to the place? Always think about that. For me, I'm a cashback guy, especially where I'm at in my life. I love getting free money. Free money is always good. But remember, it's not free money if you don't pay your balance off every month. Then it quickly becomes not free money. So Kylene, do me a favor. If you get a credit card, pay it off every single month. So if it's going to be your first card, you probably won't be given a very high credit limit if you don't have much credit history. If you do have some credit history and you have a credit score that's above, let's say, 650, then I would look for a standard cashback card, something like the Capital One Quicksilver card, which I've said before on the show, I am a fan of Capital One in general. But this card is from a good company. It's very simple to understand. You get 1.5% cashback on every single purchase. So for every $100 you spend, you get $1.50 back. You said in your question you'd like to save rewards for buying things that you would be buying anyway. So that seems like a reasonable course of action. That's kind of aligned with the goal that you kind of told me in the question. So if your credit score is low, though, then you might want to consider looking at the numerous introductory credit cards that are out there to help you build your credit score, whether that's a secured credit card where you need to put a down payment on kind of to get the credit card. There's those. And if your credit score is pretty decent, you might be able to get just a regular introductory credit card that may or may not have rewards, but that's a good way to start building your credit to get to that point. Don't get caught up in the fancy travel cards. Honestly, that's kind of my just general advice for anyone, unless you're just like definitely a traveler. Um, A simple cashback card that is easy to understand with a low limit from a solid institution seems like a reasonable idea to me. If you, for some reason, are given a hugely high credit limit, you can just call them and have them lower it. You really don't want to have a huge high credit limit because even though you really might feel committed, you know there's always a chance that you just don't want to put yourself in a situation where it could go wrong. Too much power at once is dangerous. It really is. So I hope that helps you. And alrighty, guys, I'll be back next week to talk about part two of making more money. And that is by plugging leaky budgets. See you then. I'm out of here. Time for a nap. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 